Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All righty. We welcome you to the program today. Um, we have been going through questions that have been submitted via a top secret email called info at reformationboise.com. Well, actually, they didn't actually come that way. I don't want to be accused of lying on the air. Um, we did get some of these questions from some helpful parishioners from the churches. And so um, here's the question today. How come Christians, all of which are given the Holy Spirit, disagree um, on different doctrines and beliefs? Shouldn't the fact that they have the Spirit who provides understanding and is the spirit of truth, prevent this? Is that question clear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. First of all, I just want to say I completely disagree with this question. <laughs> and I'm really mad that it was even asked. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the only the only reason this issue even comes up is because people disagree with me. If people would only begin to listen to the, to the voice right. of age and wisdom. Then it would be all right. Then it, it, we would just be sailing along. I do want to give the... The little nugget to say that we're not talking about fringe beliefs here. Right. I, we're talking about people that, like around this table, people we would we would respect, that we would look up to, that we would look at their their Christian life and say they're godly men and women. Um, but we come to radically different positions on certain beliefs and doctrines. Um, and it's really hard. I mean, I'm okay with disagreeing with people I don't mm-hmm. respect. Right. I, I'm okay with disagreeing with people that I, I look at and say, well, yeah, I'm not sure I really care what they think. But these are people that I look up to, that I, I've mm-hmm. benefited from, that their teaching and ministries have been um, so, so um, grounded in God's Word. And then I look at it and say, but then how did they come to that right. position? Mm-hmm. Right. When I, I I would look at it and say, well, it seems so plain to me that this is what they should have decided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's the heart of the question here. Of and, sure, and, and we can't put it all on. Like for instance, we're not saying that people disagree because of merely and this is not an intellectual thing by itself. Just take the contemporary scene. You have John Piper and and R. C. Sproul, the late R. C. Sproul. They disagreed on baptism. Uh, R. C. Sproul believed in pedo baptism. Um, John Piper in in what's called believer's baptism. Both of them are brilliant men. And so you can't say, well, you know, one of them is just smarter than the right. other one. That's why they came up with that position. And, and, and let's let's help out our listeners a little bit. Pedo baptism means inf- infant baptism. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, you can, there's lots of issues. Even in, I mean, most of us, I mean, not most, all of us around the table are reform-minded. But within the reformed world, you have those that believe in that there are certain gifts in the New Testament um, that are written in the epistles that no longer are being practiced in the church today, gift of miracles, gift of speaking in tongues. And then there are those that will say, no, they still do exist. Um, so in, even in, 
in broad belief systems reformed, um, there's disagreement within between godly men about certain interpretations of the word of God. How do, how does this happen? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and to me, it's reassuring that you have disagreement within the new Testament. Uh, let's take, for instance, in the book of acts, when, uh, Paul and Barnabas have a, have a disagreement over the role that young John Mark, uh, is going to play in their mission. And they end up having a parting of the ways. They have to go. It was a sharp disagreement. And it's a sharp disagreement. Yeah. And, and, uh, Dr. Luke in the book of Acts is not shy. I, I love that he's not shy about telling us that there was a, this profound disagreement. Uh, with, and, and that wasn't so much a doctrinal disagreement as it was a, a strategic uh, or, or how a particular individual was going to be used in their mission. But, but it's had, interesting to note that he's not shy about telling us that there was a disagreement, but I'm not sure that he ever comes down on who was right. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't at all. Uh, he just reports it to us. And, and to me, you know, to me, it's reassuring to know. And, and I think it's, a, it's an indicator Yes, there will always be things that we that we disagree about because God has not given us a revelation in his word. God has not it comes back to the nature of the Bible, the nature of God's word. God has not given us a revelation that answers every question. Mm-hmm. Can can I, I offer a couple uh, things real quick? Oh, go okay. ahead. Jonathan, I was going to say I think uh, one of the things that uh, the world wants to see is a certain organizational unity among us when what we're trying what what motivates the different uh, denominations and that sort of thing is not organizational unity, but a unity of thought around the Word of God. And so uh, we would say this is one of the reasons why the creeds and confessions are so important to us, because here's a place where we find unity around the Word of God. It keeps us from running off the ditch and on either side of the road. It uh, you know gives us a, a a context for uh, the things that we believe, and we regard those as as good summaries of the Word of God. Well, and especially if you take what are called the the ancient uh, ecumenical creeds, certainly the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the, the Chalcedonian Creed, uh, the agreement across different Christian groups and denomination, the agreement on those early those were essential creeds, un- those were essential unity. Yes, and 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 the agreement that we have on those is pretty impressive yeah. across the Christian spectrum. And right. and to disagree with those those creeds is to put yourself outside of Christendom. Yes, mm-hmm. you, you can't deny the deity of Christ and and call yourself a Christian. Right. Right. Um. I mean, maybe just I want to offer a, a couple of things. I've talked to some people. I brought up the example of like John Piper and R.C. Sproul about disagreeing on baptism. And I, I talked to a, a brother at one point. And he's like, I just don't get it. You know, these two men are brilliant men. I mean, but one of them has to be wrong, right? One of them has to be wrong. and One of them would be. One of them would be. And, and I think one of the reasons that God – you know, so the question was: Is why doesn't the Holy Spirit basically give us all agreement on all these things? I think one of the answers to that is that so that we wouldn't rely on man, but on God, because that Christian who is wrestling with this, as they see these two teachers disagreeing on these things, it'd be very easy to be a man follower. Well, I follow Apollos. I follow Paul. So since my favorite teacher believes that, I'm going to believe that on the basis of that. Well, that's called right. implicit faith. 
you know, that was one of the, the views that, that Rome has held to, that you believe what we tell you to believe because we're telling you to believe it. Right. And that's, that's not faith in the scriptures. That's not faith in what God has said. And so God actually does want us to believe things because he says it rather than because of someone else told us. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one reason. Is there any other reasons? I think part of it is just also the fact that this agreement helps us see the extent of the effects of the fall. Um, Mm -hmm. We really are marred and broken because of what happened in in the garden with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And so it has affected um, our thought. Um, The New Testament will say that we are being renewed in the image of God. And one of those things in which we're being renewed in is knowledge. Yeah, true knowledge. And so and so, what that implies is that we don't have true knowledge. And part of the work of the Spirit is helping us to know more clearly. But I think um, Phil didn't talk about it on today's show, but a couple shows ago he mentioned that we know in part. And that's always going to be true on this side of eternity. We're always going to know in part. And our thinking, unfortunately, is always going to be tainted by sin. Right. And Josh is right. In in these doctrinal disagreements, it's not appropriate to say, well, we can agree to disagree in the sense that we're both okay and we're both right. I mean, you can't be both right if you if you come to different conclusions. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my principal used to say this all the time. I think we agree more than we disagree. Well, we would be complete opposite spectrums. And I'm like, no, we don't. We do. We really do disagree. And it's okay that we disagree. Yeah. What right. it means is that we both feel strongly about, I, I actually, I don't like disagreement within the church, but it, at least the, it, it reveals the, the sense of the authority of the word of God, that these men are trying to wrap their mind around what God has said and what God has said matters. Right. And it matters enough for them to disagree. Yeah. And the New Testament commands us to bear with one another. In love. In love. Thank you. Uh, and if we never differed, that commandment would make no sense. Yeah, it assumes that it there's assumes something to bear with. That there's going to be something to bear with. If everybody disagreed with you, Phil, then you wouldn't even have to bear with us. Well, I do bear with you guys. So, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> but there you go. In all seriousness, there are things that we around this table disagree on. Right. Yeah. We agree on a ton of stuff, vast mm-hmm. majority of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there are things, theological positions. Right. Where where each of us has slight variations and disagreements with one another. My wife doesn't those, agree with me on everything. Some of those <laughs> some of those disagreements we put off for another day so that we can because we know that oh we want don't want to address that question today. We want to we'll wait another day because there's going to be disagreement around the table on yeah. on those things. But you it know, doesn't affect our friendship. It doesn't no. af- affect the fact that we can work together. That we can come back week after week and have these conversations together. It does doesn't affect um, our ability to love one another genuinely from the heart. Yeah. And I think that's what's so vitally important, yeah. that we allow disagreements to be that, but not personal. Right. That there is an, uh, an important imperative that Paul gives us in Romans 14. He, he, that's a really great chapter on how to deal with disagreements. Mm-hmm. 
one of the things he says is be fully convinced in your own mind. Each person must be fully convinced in your own mind. So, I mean, look, there's doctrines that I I haven't yet – I'm not fully convinced in my own mind yet simply because I haven't studied them. Um, But in terms of of how to deal with with, – disagreements that I do have, he's not saying give up the truth, like what you were saying about the principle. He's not saying truth doesn't matter. No, he says truth matters very much. Be convinced because this is the way that you honor God. You can't operate in a way that honors God when you're not operating by faith. That's the very last verse of Romans 14, which is verse 23. And whatever is not done by faith is sin. And so God does want us to operate with a fully convinced mind. And in those areas, you know, Romans 14 deals with, you know, some, some issues that are, you know, m- m- more or less indifferent than others. Um, he still desires us to operate in a way where we're exercising our faith towards him. And I think we need to avoid the false dichotomy that often is presented of it's faith or truth or love. Right. And, and the fact is that I can have and place a high value on truth and place an equal value on love, mm-hmm. that I'm not sacrificing relationships for truth or truth for relationships. I'm holding both um, strongly and, and equally, and, and, and sometimes that creates some tension, yep. but it doesn't create a situation where I say, I can't love them anymore. Yep. One more thing before we close the program. Um, there's that verse in 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen that talks about there must be factions or, depending upon your translation, um, heresies among you so that those who are approved may be made known. The fact of the matter is, is that God is sovereign and controversies in the church have been appointed by him. And there are some controversies of the church that we thank God for because they made the gospel more clear. They made the the person of Christ more clear. They made the Trinity more clear. In fact, every confession and creed historically was born out of controversy. Absolutely. And that has served the church. It's not hurt the church. It's actually created more health in the church than not. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on air, just email us at info at reformationvoice.com. Also, go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Just search for The Gospel for Life. And we will see you next time.